0: everyone thanks so much for joining me this is the incoming autie podcast and youtube channel so thank you for listening and watching if you are listening somewhere or watching somewhere and you think that this subject and this me talking about this could help anyone then please give it a like a share a comment subscribe do everything you can to help spread the love okay thanks all right, guys. So at the end of episode two, I had got to the stage where I was starting to get really curious as to whether I was autistic. And I'd found a person, a person had come into my life that was talking to me about it. And even after only a couple of times of meeting me, had already deduced that I was probably autistic, which blew my mind. So let's carry on. And if you haven't listened to episodes one and two, please do go back and listen to those. Otherwise, this might not make sense. After having spoken to that friend, I didn't do anything for about five days. I just let it sit in my mind. I didn't overthink about it. You know, I just let it be. And I just let myself be. And I just wanted to see how I feel and what would happen. And I was still terrified of convincing myself that I had it. And I, I still don't know why I was so frightened of that. I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't quite done the work on that bit yet. And I don't know why I was so scared of convincing myself that I had this thing and then maybe not actually having it. Then after about five days, I thought, yeah, do you know what? I am going to go ahead and do some research on this. So my thing is podcasts. I love them. Hello, <laughs> I'm on one and uh, so I thought right there's got to be some podcasts on this so I just did a search and I found one and I went out on a nice walk and I listened to it and I was fine for the first few episodes I was listening to it and a lot of it was making sense and then I got to this episode which was seven signs that you might be autistic and I, I think I I'll always remember this moment now for the rest of my life I was walking my I have got a dog and I was walking my dog in the in a sort of a foresty area and the this podcast that I was listening to mentioned this word and it was echolalia and I'd never heard this word before I had no idea what it was but it was one of the signs that you might be autistic is if you have echolalia and the way that they described it on the podcast was you can mimic other people's way of speaking and that can be physically mimicking it with your mouth Um, you might repeat what they say and you may even mimic any accents or speech um, sort of ticks or speech impediments or unique speech things (laughs) that they have I'm I'm sure there's a better word for that but I can't think of it right now um and then you might you might mimic those things he mentioned something about how you might move your mouth after you've spoken or after somebody else has spoken and sort of say the words again and you might say them under your breath or you might not use any voice at all you might just move your mouth to the words i was just floored i i just stopped dead where i was I could not believe what I was hearing. And I just cried and cried. I just could not stop crying. It wasn't really a sad cry. It was more of a, oh my God, this person's just explained my life kind of cry. It was like a relief. It's because when I was really little, I don't really remember how old, um, definitely single numbers. But I remember being over my nan's house And my sister said to me, hey, why do you always move your mouth like that? Like after you've spoken, but you're not saying anything, you're just moving your mouth. And I remember this so clearly. And I just remember thinking as that little kid, like, oh my gosh, they've noticed I've been exposed. Oh my gosh, I'm weird. And she didn't even say it in a horrible way. She wasn't being nasty or teasing me or anything she was genuinely saying what what are you doing and why do you do that I don't remember what I actually said but I remember that I stopped doing it after that moment and that is a classic example of masking so I was doing this thing which has a name Oh my God, it still blows my mind that it has a name. This weird little thing that I used to do when I was a kid and I didn't know anybody else did it. I just thought it was me. I didn't see anyone else doing it, so I kind of knew it was just me at that time anyway. It actually has a name. It's called Echolalia. It's a thing. (laughs) And other people do it too. And I just was like, what? And I'm getting emotional now just thinking about it. But I just... uh, I could not believe it and i just cried and i just thought oh my god this is so weird so yeah i just remember being little and from that moment on i didn't do it anymore definitely not in front of people anyway <laughs> since i've learnt what it was i've actually i've actually started doing it a little bit more i've actually allowed myself to bring it back and do it a bit because i find myself wanting to do it but i stop it because but I don't want people to think I'm weird. And that is exactly what masking is. We do these things and someone somewhere, sometimes nastily, sometimes not, they'll point it out. They might call us weird, they might say we're strange, they might just innocently say what am I doing, you know, or what are you doing and and ask why, but we kind of already know that it is out of the ordinary because we don't see anybody else doing it. And then as soon as someone points it out, it's like you've been discovered. (gasps) Oh God, I've been discovered and I've got to stop. So I stopped. That was an incredible moment for me in my journey. It was incredibly emotional. Not only was I finding all of these things that I related to, but they were kind of more obvious things, like taking things literally and not understanding sarcasm and not conforming to social norms. So I've always kind of known that about myself and never been one to completely follow the rules. If I deem a rule to be pointless or, you know, or I don't want to, I don't want to comply, then I won't. I've always been very literal and yeah, jokes confuse me. So I just thought I would, you know, I just, that was me, and it is me, but I didn't realize it was part of a bigger thing. And so, all of these things were coming up, and I was realizing that I had them all or I could relate to them all, but they were all things that I'd been open about until the echolalia. And I had never ever told anybody that story, I didn't even think there was a story you know, I, di- I didn't even think it was a story. I just thought it was this weird thing that I did and then my sister pointed it out and now I don't do it anymore. I didn't know that was a, a valid story or it could have been part of a bigger thing and a bigger diagnosis. Who'd have thought that? It was so, it was so tiny. Back to the forest <laughs> where I was, crying my eyes out. Luckily nobody was around. And... I thought, I need to phone someone, I need to tell somebody this, because this is just blowing my mind. I don't like talking on the phone, uh, as most most auties don't, and so calling someone is quite a special act for me. If I call you, it's really because I need to talk. <laughs> and I, I couldn't 100% decide who to phone, but I ended up phoning my mum. It was because she was actually there at the time, but she didn't remember it. And I've since asked my sister, and my sister didn't remember it either. But I did. Like I said, I I was definitely single numbers. Probably, I don't know, six, seven years old? I remember it so clearly. And I wonder why I do remember that so clearly. Because I remember a lot, and I I wonder if this is an orty thing as well, and maybe some of you can help me out with this. But I just remember so much, but also... So many little specific things. You know, it's like I don't remember what I was doing before my sister said that or after my sister said that. I just remember those 30 seconds, just that little interaction between us. That's all I remember. Why do I only remember that one little bit? Is it because it had to do with autism? And I've got loads of examples of these, and I'm sure that I'll go over more in future episodes. That that was my first, no, I say my first, it wasn't actually, it was probably the second huge big bang in in my head. The first was the friend saying to me, oh, yeah, you know, I'd bet you as a as a high functioning Aspie. (laughs) I was like, what? How do do you know that? How do you how do you even you don't even know me? And then uh, and then this next one about Echolalia, I was just like, whoa. So I spoke to my mum for about 40 minutes and I was crying, but it was a happy cry. I was like, this is a happy cry because I just feel like somebody is explaining my life to me. It's like my life suddenly makes sense. And I just felt so much relief. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, there was this almost like dread or this fear as well that it had started. I'd started. I'd opened the floodgates now. I'd began to research this thing. And I was already starting to convince myself that I had it. And that was scary because I just didn't want to kid myself. And if I convinced myself I had it, then I then I I wanted it, basically. You know, I didn't want the doctor to turn around and say, no, you haven't. And I think it's because. It was such a relief to hear all of these things. Like I said, I've always felt a little bit weird, well, a lot weird. I've always felt like I don't belong. And to finally have something come along that just makes sense just was such a relief. That's the only word I can use, really. That is where I'm going to leave it for today. So thank you so much for listening and watching. I hope that you are enjoying my story and we'll come back and... Listen and watch to episode 4.